0: Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them, just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters.
1: In this week's market update, the Santa rally turns into a new year hangover, but the focus remains the same. Investors are obsessed with the direction of interest rates. Well, it was nice while it lasted. US markets ended a nine week run after the new year as investors who'd enjoyed a strong rally since October sobered up in the first week of January. The S&P 500 index recorded a loss of 1.5% in the first shortened week of the year. Friday was volatile with markets falling on the back of strong employment data and then bouncing back on weaker service sector data. That's the topsy-turvy world that investors live in at the moment, in which good economic news is bad for the market and vice versa. This reflects the importance of interest rates for the direction of markets. The Santa rally between October and Christmas, which sent shares almost back to their early 2022 high point, was based on a belief that the top is in for monetary policy and that interest rates are on their way back down again and fast. While the Federal Reserve turned dovish in its final meeting of the year, the market has gone even further. The Fed thinks it might cut interest rates by a quarter percentage point three times this year. Investors are pricing in six such cuts. Here in the UK, it's the same story. Goldman Sachs thinks that UK interest rates might be as low as 3% by the middle of next year. In Europe, a big fall in rates is also on the cards as the region heads towards a likely four-quarter recession. The pause for breath at the start of 2024 is hardly a surprise given the scale of the rebound in the final two months of the previous year. The S&P 500 ended the year 26% higher, around half of which was accounted for by that year-end nine-week bull run. The market had not had such an extended period of rising markets for 20 years since the recovery from the bursting of the dot-com bubble. A poor first week of the year is sometimes seen as an indicator for the year ahead, the so-called January effect, although frankly, this is a seasonal adage that's not really that actionable. It does seem like years with a strong start perform better than those in which the year kicks off with a fall, but there are enough occurrences when it doesn't work to be extremely cautious about building an investment strategy around this. It wasn't just shares that performed well at the end of 2023. Bonds also rallied hard as the higher-for-longer interest rate story morphed into a lower-rate-sooner narrative. The yield on the benchmark 10-year US Treasury bond fell from an October high of 5% to about 38 by Christmas. As bond yields and prices move in opposite directions, that represented a sizeable windfall for fixed-income investors. Just as shares gave back some gains in the first week, so too did bonds. The yield on the 10-year note closed the week at 4.05%. The concern investors have is that the jobs market may be more resilient than expected, making it more difficult for the central bank to ease back on tightening too quickly. The odds on the first rate cut occurring in March have fallen back, notably after last week's Fed minutes painted a more hawkish picture than many had hoped for. In December, the probability of an early spring rate cut stood at 90%. Today, it's less than 70%. In Europe, the chance of a first rate cut in March is now under 50%, down from 65% last week. With little real news to focus on, markets are understandably twitchy. What they should probably be focused on, however, is not the precise timing of the next move in interest rates, but the long-term trends that will outlast the short-term cycles. While the short-term outlook for inflation and interest rates is positive, the longer-term picture is arguably less favourable. As central banks look to reverse years of quantitative easing, they're withdrawing from their role as the buyer of last resort for government bonds. And that is happening even as governments are borrowing record amounts of money and so looking to issue record numbers of bonds to pay for their spending plans. That argues for higher interest rates in the long run. So too does a reversal for geopolitical reasons of the long period of globalisation and the rise of emerging markets like China that created a glut of workers on the world stage and so depressed inflation to unsustainably low levels. It was easy for companies to achieve high profits in that environment and it might be tougher going forwards. So the question is, what's the right valuation for the stock market against that backdrop? And here, There's good and bad news. The US is relatively highly valued, in part because of real improvements in profitability led by the performance of the country's powerful technology sector. But elsewhere in the world, shares are not excessively highly valued. The UK, for example, trades on just 11 times expected earnings. Europe is around 13 and Japan 14. So investors needn't go into 2024 feeling unduly worried that the stock market rally at the end of last year has taken the market to an unsustainable high. We assume a mild recession this year and then recovery. Others are more optimistic, forecasting a soft landing of falling inflation and lower interest rates alongside a resilient economy. Either way, the outlook seems reasonably priced by investors. That's true of the bond market too. The run-up in bond yields last year means that investors can now lock in a historically high yield while looking forward to further capital gains if and when interest rates fall further. The moment of maximum opportunity may have passed as bond yields fell from their recent peak of 5% to around 4%, but the ship has not sailed just yet. And meanwhile, there look to be opportunities with some alternative investments. Commercial property has already experienced a sharp downward revaluation and will benefit from an easier interest rate environment. Modest inflation, even a modest recession, is not a bad backdrop for the real estate sector. And gold, too, looks to have a role to play in a diversified portfolio. Despite sitting near an all-time high above $2,000, the precious metal will also benefit from falling real interest rates. These make its lack of income less of a problem, and if it leads to a weaker dollar, that too will help as gold becomes cheaper for buyers using other currencies. So, Although 2023 was a strong year, it needs to be looked at in the context of a two-year period, which has been unremarkable for most investors. Outside the magnificent seven, shares have largely moved sideways and bonds have had a difficult three years. 2024 could be another reasonable year for investors if we avoid a harder landing than is currently being priced in. One thing that's hard for investors to prepare for is political uncertainty, and there will without doubt be plenty of that in 2024. There are elections in countries accounting for about 40% of the global population. New leaders will be elected in Russia, India, the UK and America. And the election round kicks off this week with an important vote in Taiwan, at the epicentre of global geopolitical tensions due to the decades-old reunification question that China's President Xi addressed in his recent New Year's address. More relevant to investors in the short run is the outlook for earnings. So all eyes will be on the fourth quarter results season, which kicks off this week with the usual flurry of financial sector results from the likes of BlackRock, Citigroup, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, BMY Mellon and Bank of America. The outlook for earnings remains optimistic. Double-digit growth is still being pencilled in for both this year and next, though that may prove to be too optimistic if we head into recession but it does provide a cushion and justifies current valuations as they stand. Here in the UK, the main focus as ever at this time of the year is the retail sector, with updates expected from M&S, one of last year's strongest performers, Sainsbury's and Tesco.
0: Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.